Well, I'm excited to share the Word of God with you today, and I want to just share my heart a minute. just came up in my heart. Uh, we went to a, a youth conference yesterday, and one guy was saying that when he saw the person ministering at the youth conference when he was young, he said, I want, I want to do that. I, I think I could do that. And that's the very same thing that I felt when I first got saved, and I would go to the church and see the ministers minister, and I said, I, 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 I think I should do that. I want to do that. Because I'd read the Word, and I'd go like, it's so rich. I want to share with people all about it and how they can overcome. But guess what? It didn't happen overnight. I spent years, <laughs> at least 10 years, learning and teaching the children and you know, putting the Word of God on the inside of me to where I was able then to minister to others. And then I've had another 20 years of experience of hard knocks and seeing what works and what doesn't work, working with people, seeing uh, how the Word of God can minister to people. So I, I, I consider it a privilege and an honor to be able to present to you the Word of God so that it can change your life because I know it's changed mine. Amen? Amen. Now, I always wanted to not bore people. Because I've been sitting here before. I've been, I've been in these seats, you know, and the, the guy's going on and on and on. You're going like, ah, oh, please. <laughs> Just say what you have to say and let's move on, you know. And then, and then they'll go, well, I got another scripture. Hold on right there, you know. And then he has the first close, the second close, the third close. <laughs> and, you know, you get bored and you start doing one of these, you know. And so I... I don't want to be like that one preacher who was preaching and the guy was in the front row and he was sleeping and he told his elder, elder, you go wake that guy up. And he looked at him and he said, I'm not going to wake him up. You, you wake him up. You're the one that put him to sleep. So I, I don't want to be that guy to make you fall asleep. So I've learned that if you, uh, someone's starting to sleep, you just come over and start clapping or, you know, you know yelling in their ear, hallelujah, ha, ha, you know? <laughs> So uh, I gave you one of my, give away one of my tricks, huh? <laughs> but yet I still do sometimes take a little snooze. Just, I, I like to close my eyes and look at the back of my eyelids to be able to focus, you know, <laughs> some seclusion while someone's preaching. But, uh, so I don't take offense if you have to do it, but uh, hopefully, you're still list hopefully your ears are still open even though your eyes are closed. Amen? Praise the Lord. Well, let's pray as we get ready to hear the Word of God. Father, we thank you that as we come before you, we're able to hear wonderful truths out of your word, that it will change our lives, be a blessing to us and those that are around us. We give you the praise, the glory, the honor for all that we're going to hear today. In Jesus' name we pray, and all agreed said, amen. amen. Well, we're going to start on a new series uh, this month, and it's near and dear to my heart because it's the mission and the vision of our church, New Heart, Four Square Church. And you might wonder, where did you get that name, New Heart? Okay? Uh, we got it out of the Bible. Praise the Lord. Let's look at the scripture. It says in Ezekiel 36, 26, I will give you a new heart. There it is. And put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. In other words, a soft heart, a heart that's yielded to the Lord compassionate, loving, caring, not selfish. Do you know what I'm talking about? Did you remember that when, you, when the Lord changed your heart? You were going your own way. You wanted to do things your own way. And, and, and God all of a sudden arrested you and took you and grabbed you. And you said, oh, Lord, now I know you belong 
to me and I belong to you. He just, he was a father and he arrested us, grabbed hold of our hearts. Do you remember that? I remember I was playing baseball and I was having a good old time and doing just what I thought was, you know, fine and dandy. And my life just fell apart at 30 years old. And so I said, Lord, if you can do anything with my life, if you can make anything out of it right now, I give it to you. And the Lord came and he touched my heart. He changed my insides. I just felt his presence and I knew there's a God in heaven that watches over me and sees me and knows what I'm doing and loves me despite it. He waited a long time, 30 years. Are you ready now? Yes, Lord. And so I went to the baseball game and prior to that, I was kind of an honorary baseball player. I don't know if you ever knew people like that, you know cause trouble, talk, you know, trash talk, and make people do things they don't want to do, and, and, and ridicule them, and do those kinds of things. You know what I mean, Fernando? You, you, they do that still, right? Amen. <laughs> and I used to go home. I, we, we, I knew baseball so well, I knew how to get people off center. And, and I, I, we would win, and I would go home, and I'd feel so bad, but at least we won. Okay, it's all right. <laughs> but then when the Lord got a hold of me, the next day I went to the baseball field, all of a sudden I'm Mr. Nice Guy. You guys all right? You need anything? <laughs> Can we help you? You know, do you want to take the infield first? And they looked at me like, what? What happened to you? I got saved. You got what? I got saved. I accepted the Lord. Oh, we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> did, it, did they say that to you? You always do new things. We'll see how long that lasts. Well, it's been lasting 35 years. Praise the Lord. So your heart gets changed. Praise God. So he changes your inside. So you think differently, you act differently, you believe differently, you have compassion, you don't think about just yourself. So uh, the next scripture that we have is talking about our... Next scripture says... No, I'm sorry, the vision. Our vision. What's our vision? It's reaching people's hearts with the love of Christ. So what we have received from the Lord, as he has changed our hearts, we reach out to others to change their hearts with the love of Christ. Sometimes we have to be loving so that they can know that there's a loving God. Amen? Amen. Because they don't know that. They think God just is mean and everything, and we're kind and considerate to them. They see, wow, I know the, the, the woman that was used to bring me to the Lord, she would come to my work and she would talk to me about the Lord has a plan for you, the Lord loves you. And I said, well, you don't know what my plans are for this weekend because I got things that I need to do. And she said, the Lord loves you. And she would keep coming in every week looking for me and I would hide in the pillars like, whoa, don't. And she had that Pollyanna, you know, voice. You know that, oh, the Lord loves you, you know. <laughs> you know, please. <laughs> But there was something on the inside of her that I, I said, I want that. She had the Spirit of the Lord. I wish I had that in me. So when, about a month later, when things really went downhill, I said, okay, Lord, you can have me. So you don't know how you can be used of God to minister to someone. I was talking to Bindi this week, and she said she has a friend that she's trying to minister to who tried to commit suicide this year, not once, not twice, three times. And she didn't know. Bindi had no idea. The woman was, a, was a, a, a colleague of hers, a competitor, and she seemed happy. She's bright, attractive, and everything was going well. But inside, we don't know what's going on with somebody. 
and we're going to find out how we can actually be there, be part of their lives so that we can make a change. Praise God. So that's what we do. We try to reach people's hearts with the love of Christ because we have a responsibility. We're ambassadors. We're workers together with him. God wants to use us. He's not going to send an angel down from heaven. He wants to use us, us imperfect, <laughs> un, uh, you know, complete, incomplete people, but God wants to use us as examples. And so you don't know what an example you are. I went to go pray for... Um, uh, Jerry, uh, who was in the hospital, he had a minor surgery. He's okay right now. And uh, Letty was there, and she said, I, I, I drew my strength by watching how Marianne was strong in situations. I go, really? She goes, yes. I said, what would Marianne do? <laughs> what would Jesus do? What Marianne do? And so we were there, and, and I was able to minister to Jerry and to, and to Leticia. And then the doctor came in. <laughs> And he's just a happy-go-lucky guy, and he's talking about everything. And not, so I, I'll joke with you. And so he, he had a double room but only a single bed. He says, you've got plenty of space here. I go, yeah, that's the dance floor. We're just going to go over there and dance a little bit and have a good time. He goes, I like you. You're, you're, you're a funny guy, yeah. And so he said, I'm going to give you uh, them my phone number, my personal cell number. And he asked me, do you give your, your congregation your personal phone? Oh, yeah. Of course. Oh, you, you brave man. You brave man. I go, yeah. And so we were talking, and I said, you seem like a happy, are you a Christian? He said, no, but I, I love the Lord. I go, let me ask you this question. If you died today, would you go to heaven? Now, how many of you have ever asked anybody that question? That question is a million-dollar question. That question opens the door for you to minister to a person to bring salvation. It's like, I don't know if you've ever played chess, but there's a, a four-move quick checkmate that you can do. Have, anybody played chess that knows that? If you just move the right moves, in four, four moves, you can get the other guy and win. So this is like a chess move. It's like a four-piece. If you ask this question, you ask a couple other questions, and they have no choice. And I learned this from Terry McFadden. I forgot to mention Terry McFadden will be here next week. And we're excited to see her minister. She ministers from the heart. She's a wonderful woman of God. And you will be blessed. Tell your friends, your family, people. But anyway, she taught me. We, we would go out witnessing door to door. And so I was new at it. I'm good with people that I know, but cold calling, I'm not that good at it. So I went to her and I, uh, we went and we knocked on her door and I said, uh, excuse me, but uh, I'm the pastor of the church down the street here, and we just wanted to come by and see how you're doing. And he said, no, no, thank you. Close the door. Terry said, what are you doing? I don't know. What, what am I doing? He says, just ask him the question. If you died today, would you go to heaven? I go, no, but don't ask that question. That's kind of personal. They're not going to answer that. I've been asking that question for 20 years, and everyone answers it. Yes, no, I hope so, I don't know, maybe. That, you're, you're playing Russian roulette with eternity, aren't you? And so I asked the doctor, I said, if you died today, would you go to heaven? He goes, I hope so. I go, here we go. <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said, would you like to know for sure? He goes, I certainly would. I said, step right over here on the dance floor. <laughs> Do you mind if I pray with you? No, I'd be glad to. And so I prayed with him the sinner's prayer, accept Jesus in your heart, believe that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. And I said, repeat after me, and he did. And he said, 
man, I feel, I feel good. I feel light. I feel, I feel wonderful. I, you're a good doctor. How do you do that? I go, it's the Lord. I go, now let me ask you a question. If you died today, would you go to heaven? He goes, yeah, yeah. Because what, there's an assurance when the Holy Spirit comes and says, you belong to me, I belong to you. Don't you want to be part of that? Don't you want to let God use you to do those kinds of things? I do. Because when you do that, the Lord comes upon you and you feel the goodness of the Lord as well. It's a wonderful feeling and I challenge you to go ahead and do that. Praise God. Amen. So we're going to talk about our vision real quick and then I'm going to show you how Jesus did this. Uh, uh, the mission... One more. Okay. Our mission is, is an acronym SAVE. What do you mean SAVE? Well, God wants us to be saved. Let's see. We're going to go through it. S start is starting friendships with others through fellowship and active engagement. You start the, the friendship. Well, I don't, I'm just not that friendly. Oh, no. God's given you the spirit to, uh, of, of reconciliation to reach out and grab somebody and touch somebody. Well, I'm just kind of shy. That's okay, go, go, go to a shy person. There's other shy people you can kind of just sit and just look at. <laughs> Before you know it, somebody's going to talk, right? <laughs> if you have a, a, talk, talk, a talkative person, you just go there and you don't have to say much. But you just listen to them and then you take something that they say and you become a friend to them. Praise God. Make friends. You know, they said that Jesus was a friend of who? The Pharisees? The Sadducees? No, he's a friend of sinners and publicans. How can you be a friend to someone that doesn't know the Lord? Jesus said, that's what you're supposed to do. And he did it. He was a friend of sinners. I used to have lunch with two of the, uh, one of the biggest sinners in, in the company and another one that was borderline uh, biggest sinner. And I had lunch with them every day for five years, talking to them about the Lord. Praise God. So start friendships with others through fellowship and active engagement. What is active engagement? You make an effort. You reach out. You touch somebody. Amen? We're going to go through this real quick. The next uh, A stands for, the next slide, A, adopting people into the family of God through love, service, and sacrifice. You adopt somebody. You make them yours. You, you go to their house. You become friends with you. Grab hold of their life. Their life is your life. You got to get somebody, amen? Because the Bible, let's go back to that where it says, uh, in Matthew where it says, uh, making disciples. It says, go therefore and do what? Make disciples. It doesn't say go and talk to them about the Lord. It says make disciples. What is a disciple? It's a learner that learns from you. Praise God. <laughs> make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, <laughs> I am with you always, even to the end of the age. One guy said, that's why I don't like to fly on airplanes, because Jesus said, lo, I'm with you. I'm not going to go up high, but lo, I'm with you. Okay, Sally gave me a corny pastor check. Okay, let's go back to A, and then V is value God's call on people's lives through spiritual mentoring and disciple. Ship. You value somebody. God has made this person to, to be somebody. And sometimes we have to look through all the, the outward layers to find out really what God has deposited in that person because they're, they're jewels, they're gems in the rough, diamonds in the rough that we have to you know, brush off and clean up and love them uh, despite the way they are. Sometimes they refuse you, reject you, but you just keep loving them continually. And we had this one lady at, at Kaiser, and it took three years for us. 
She came to the Bible study. She came to eat with us. And it took three years before she finally said, okay, I'm willing, ready for you to pray for me. Three years. So we plant seeds. We may not get a seed, uh, a harvest, the next day, the following day, the following week. But you just keep, you have a bunch of seeds out. You keep planting seeds in people. You, you value them. You value God's call on them. And then the final one, E, empower people with the Holy Spirit to reach others for Christ. So what you have learned, you dis, uh, disperse unto them and let them empower, be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Isn't that good news? This is our vision, reaching others with the love of Christ. This is our mission to save, start friendships, adopt them into the family, value them as God's people, and empower them. Amen? Is that too hard to do? It's a command. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Go ye. Yeah, you talking to me? Yeah, I'm talking to you. Go ye into all the world, making disciples. And when we get to heaven, and God says, did you do that? No, I, I ignored that part. I did everything. I wanted all the blessings, but I didn't want to do what you told me to do. Is that going to work? I mean, excuses work down here, but they don't really work up there. Praise God. He's going to say, what did you do with my son? I asked you to go ye into all the world. So that's what we have to do. Go ye into all the world. Now, how did I get this, this zeal, you may ask? <laughs> I listened to this lady called Mary Kay Baxter. I don't know. How many of you have ever heard of Mary Kay Baxter? Yeah, a couple of us. This lady, the Lord took her on a tour of hell for 30 nights. And she said it was terrible. It was horrific. It was, it was mind-boggling. It was bone-chilling. It was awful. People down there crying out, Lord, help me. I'll, I'll serve you now. Their, their flesh falling off of their bones and, and crying out, Lord, I've been here for 40 years. Please let me out. I, I, I can't even die. I've got worms eating me. I've got the torment. And they heard the cries of the, of the people down there saying, why didn't my neighbor tell me? Why didn't my, my pastor tell me? Why, why didn't people that my friends tell me? And they're crying out day and night, and they can never get out. And when you think about that, if that was one of your family members or a friend or somebody that you knew, you wouldn't want that you know, on your hands. Praise God. So whenever I hear somebody's near death or, 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 you know, is sick and needs prayer, I'm right there because I want to make sure that they don't have eternal damnation. It's irreversible. And so that's where my impetus came from. That's where my desire and my drive. What am I doing lollygagging around here thinking it's all about me when God's saying, I have called you and sent you to reach out to those that, that are lost? Lost mean they're going to go down to hell. There's only two places to go, heaven and hell, right? There's no in-between. So that's where my impetus came. That's where my desire came. And let's, let's look at this here. About, uh, let's go to Luke 19.1. You want to see how Jesus did it? Yes? yes? Okay, praise God. If he did it, we should do it, right? Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now, he's going to Jerusalem. He's passing through Jericho. He's going to be crucified in one week. Now, do you think he's got a heavy burden on him? Do you think he's busy making sure everything is taken care of? Are we busier than Jesus? Do we have more of a burden than Jesus? He entered and passed through Jericho. Now, behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was the chief tax collector. Tax collectors were not very popular people. Did you know that? They were hired by the Roman government. They were Jewish people, 
called on to collect money from their own countrymen. And the Roman government says, whatever you can get is yours, over and above what they owe. If you can get it, you can keep it. So they were, they were outcasts. People hated them because here they are rich, looking over the people that they've taken money from, living luxuriously, and people are struggling. Do you think these people were hated? Yes. Behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of what? Short stature. I said, there I am in the Bible. Isn't that cool? <laughs> I could relate to this guy. Now, do you think I could relate to him because he's rich or because he's of short stature? Short stature. Amen. Okay, praise the Lord. <laughs> so God loves short people. Amen. <laughs> Now, here he is, a chief tax collector. Jesus is coming by. He's not preaching or anything. He's just walking by. And Zacchaeus says, I want to see him. And so he tries to climb up the tree to see Jesus. Have you ever seen an adult try to climb up a tree? It's, 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 it's awful, okay? It, they get like maybe one branch and forget it. Now, I can remember when I was babysitting Maggie's grandkids, which, don't do that. Don't let me babysit your children. I'm, I'm not a good babysitter. I said, we'll take them to the park. They can play on the swings and slide and do all these, you know, climbing. They have, no, Pastor Chuck, we're going to go climb in the trees. Okay, well, be careful now. Do, does your grandmother love you? Do, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. These kids started climbing halfway up the tree. I go, oh, that's, that's enough, too, too, too far. I'm gonna, they didn't listen to me. I said, I'm going to come up and get you. And I start, like one branch, they're like, I can't get them. Okay, well, I can still see you. You all right? Yeah. They got almost out of my sight. They're like way up there. I go like, you better come down here. <laughs> they're going to put me in the papers for a pastor that couldn't take care of his flock, and they, they went up a tree. <laughs> so this guy, now... If he's a short in stature, I don't think he was very athletic. Do you think he was very athletic? Do you think he played in the sports games that they had, javelin and, and a discus throw and foot race? No. They called him shorty, short stuff, half pint, right? So he was not, he, no one liked him except one man named Jesus. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. So one might say he was, uh, he was out on a limb. Okay. For he was going to pass that way, and when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. Interesting. In all this multitude of people, as busy as Jesus was, as much of a burden as he had, walks by a tree, sees a guy up in the tree, and calls him by name, Zacchaeus, make haste. I need to, what? Stay, abide at your house. What happened here? Now, you wouldn't think Zacchaeus, when you were uh, in the world, did you have anything to do with religious people? Did you want to talk to any Jesus freaks? No. Like, I ain't got time. But Zacchaeus, something on the inside of him compelled him, I got to see this. I got, there's something in my heart that I need to see where it maybe it'll 
touch me. I don't know. I want to check it out. I've had people at Kaiser. I had probably the worst guy in town uh, work, uh, working with us, and, and, and he, he actually verbally would uh, yell at me across the room. You call yourself a Christian, and you, you don't empty your basket of these important papers. What, what, what kind of guy are you? I go, well, at least I don't you know, run around with women and cuss like you do. And we're doing this across the, <laughs> across the room, right? <laughs> he goes, I don't cuss. I go, oh, yeah, you do. <laughs> I don't know what you call cussing, but what, you, what you're doing is definitely cussing. So the Bible says what? Make friends. Start friendships. So I didn't let it stay there. I saw he, he was always in the break room by himself doing crossword puzzles because he didn't want his mind to go. So I'd go and talk to him about sports, talk to him about basketball. His son was a basketball player at Northridge High. I made friends with him. I went across the bitterness that we had, right? And so after a while, I, I mean, I did this for a year or so. And so I'm getting ready to retire. I'm getting ready to leave. And he comes to me and he asks me, he says, um, do you know where I can get a Bible? I said, you got to be kidding me. I almost fell off my chair. I almost, I almost, I, I didn't know what to answer. I go, you want a Bible? He goes, yes, because my son, he's playing basketball at Northridge. He got saved. He's going to church on Sunday. He doesn't want to watch basketball with me. So I got to figure out how to communicate, how to talk with him. I go, okay. So on the day that I left, the day that I retired, I said, Robert, here's your Bible. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Amen. Amen. I'm doing the work. I'm doing it. Amen. Are you doing it? You know, sometimes, you know, you get it, it's hit in your face and you, you don't receive it or they don't receive you. You got to keep on going. And so Jesus, what happened here? What Zacchaeus was having in his heart registered up into heaven. And God said, you go to his house, right? Out of all the multitude, you go to his house, praise God, and spend time with him. So you might be used of God to go to someone's house. You may be used of God to go to where they work to make a difference and to change their life. And when, God does, when you do that, you will be blessed. Look what it says here. No, no, go back, go back to that where That's the same scripture. For today I, what? Feel like going over to your house. I have a inclination. I think it would be a good idea. Is that what he says? I must, must, must stay at your house. God's telling him, you go to Zacchaeus' house. Do you feel that inkling? Do you feel that pressing, that, that, that pushing to do something? Be a friend of somebody? I had a good friend that, that died of uh, epilepsy, and the Lord told me, I want you to befriend him before I knew that was going to happen. I said, what? But we don't get along. Be be a friend to him. Praise God. So, so Jesus went at his house and ate dinner. And what did they say? In Luke, the next verse. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. People ridiculed him. Said, You're a friend of publicans and sinners. What are you doing? I thought you were a holy man of God. I am. I'm making a difference in their life. They're not changing my life. Praise God. So let's look at the next verse. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. This guy was crazy saved. 
Could you give half of what you own to the Lord? Half. You know, look at your bank account. Take half it. Some of you don't have a bank account, but anyway, or not much in there. But if you, if you were wealthy and you halved it, that's a pretty big pull, isn't it? And then he said, if I've wronged anyone, I've, I've gotten wealthy wronging people. I'll restore fourfold, four times. Now, in the Old Testament, if you wrong somebody, you're only supposed to give them 20%. So if you, if you wrong somebody of $100, you're only supposed to give 20%, $120. He said, I'll give them $400. Ching, ching. I mean, by the time it's all totaled, he's not going to have any money left, is he? Listen, can you go back to that picture where Zacchaeus uh, is up in the tree? Isn't that, isn't that touching? You've got to find somebody that's up a tree. You, you, you don't know where they are. They may be behind a bush. They may be hiding in your workplace. They may be hiding down the street from you. God says, I have to give you a, a, a divine calling. You must, you must, you must go and stay with them. So let's look at the, uh, I think the last two on Luke Okay, here's what Jesus said. Because of that, oh, let's go back to where they're eating. That picture where they're eating. So it's, this is close quarters here, isn't it? They're eating, they're talking to each other, and all of a sudden, Jesus didn't say, I need you to give half of what you own. He didn't say anything. But all of a sudden, the Spirit of the Lord grabbed hold of him and said, I'm going to give half of what I own. And if I wronged anybody, give them fourfold. Okay, now the next scripture, here's what uh, Jesus said to him, Today, salvation has come to this house because he also is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Are you doing any seeking out there? <laughs> or are you just complacent, letting life pass you by? God's saying, Wake up, wake up, seek, seek those that may be lost. Just like Jesus, he found the guy up in the tree. So we have a, a little saying here, goal of one. We're looking for you to bring one person, make a friend. Now, you might have a lot of uh, uh, clients, but maybe only one that actually comes to the church or uh, receives salvation. A goal of one for this year. Can you get just one? No, I can't. Can you get just one? Well, I don't know. One. I'm talking one, not ten. One. <laughs> Is there anybody out there that needs to know what you know? For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. So that's what we want to do, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. <laughs> You've got your, 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 your calling, calling orders or your, what do they call it? Your uh, military orders, your, uh, what do you mean? Marching. marching orders. Thank you, Charles. These are your marching orders. Go ye into all the world and make disciples of all men. So let's close our eyes, bow our head. And let the Lord use you. Praise the Lord. Let the Lord use you to make friends, to find out those that he wants to reach because they have cried out in their hearts. They may not have known it in their own mind, but in their heart they're saying, I need something. There's something missing in my life. And God wants to use you to do that. So if that's you and you want to just receive an empowerment, raise your hand. I want to pray over you. If you say, I, I, need, I need to reach out, I need to not just be so concerned about myself, but looking towards others. If that's you, raise your hand and let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The goal of one, just one, just one person that's near you, 
that God has placed in your heart. So, Father, I just thank you for those that have raised their hand. I thank you that you're going to use us to reach out to others. That, Father, this is a living word, a living life that you've given unto us to give to others. We thank you, Lord God, that we don't have to be ashamed trusting in you. We know that, Father, if they refuse us, they're not refusing us, but they're refusing you. But, Father, we must go forth and make disciples of all men. We thank you, Lord God, that we're doing this for your glory, and we give you the praise, the glory. Empower us, Lord, to do what you've called us to do. Give us the strength. Give us the wisdom. Give us the understanding. Give us the opening, Father, so that we can minister to others. Repeat after me, church. Say, Father God, I ask you for an opening that I can minister your word to the people you have called. I thank you, Lord, that you're doing it by your spirit, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord.